0: Ultimately, the hardest part about roofing is production and manpower. And so, you know, now to be able to do a million dollars in business compared to three years ago, uh, you probably roughly need to do 20 to 30 percent less jobs. And so, you know, and that's due to higher pricing from our, our suppliers and, and, uh, and our labor is also up because, you know, obviously it's just there's more of a, a demand. So I'm, I'm totally on board with it.
1: Welcome. leaders, really, really excited about bringing back Adil Jahari. Adil was our third podcast. And then we had him back in, that was in 2019. And then we had him uh, in 2021, the uh, 230. So you could go back if you're interested in hearing what Adil had to say and you missed it. It was a focus on sales. And he was just recognized as uh, one of the top 40 under 40 in Ottawa. And it just kind of had an opportunity to reconnect. And I just wanted to catch up and hear about all the amazing progress that Rydell Roofing and the franchise organization had, uh, the, all the franchisees, are student works reps. And basically, I guess we discovered that we've grown from, Rydell's grown from 3 million to 10 million. And they're, they're going to end up somewhere in the 20 to $24 million range you know, over three years. So just monstrously successful uh, growth and success. And then we, we also spent some time on charitable giving. That's something that Adel's really into and shared some, some he was also sharing some personal goals and personal breakthroughs uh, at the end of the podcast. So I know you're going to love this podcast. Please share it with, 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 with someone who, who, who's a leader or thinking of becoming one. If you know anyone who's, who's interested in becoming that, we have amazing spots. We are going to be actively recruiting real soon for the summer of 2024 so any candidates you can send them to studentworks.com or shoot me an email at cthompson at studentworks.com have a fantastic day thanks so much so welcome uh back back to the leaders of tomorrow podcast for the third time
0: yeah yeah it's been uh it's been i think a a while maybe uh two years episodes yeah but yeah exactly super excited to be back here
1: Well, fantastic. So um, why don't we take us back to like the last episode, actually, what inspired that was Luke Fenn went out with a sales estimate with you. Is just so amazed at how effective you were in sales. And so we went and and, and talked about that. But we're not going to talk about that. What we're going to talk about really is is Rydell, the franchise company. And just, you know, we've made an enormous amount of progress. But why don't we walk back to 2021? Because that was your first year franchising. And why don't, we, why don't we start with just hey, what were some of the challenges? What were some of the things that weren't going right, et cetera?
0: Well, it was you know looking back at twenty twenty one when we started it, you know at that at that stage, Rydell has been operating I think for about nine or ten years or so, and and we were doing it very successfully locally here in Ottawa, and uh, and I think one of you know the the main challenges with franchises is that. Uh, you you have to just start really asking completely different questions in terms of where success comes from. Yeah. You know, where when we were running Radial Roofing in Ottawa, um, everything was very much under control. And although there was some inefficiencies or lack of systemizing in certain areas of the business, It wasn't enough to really, you know, slow down our our progress. Right. And so, you know, when it came down to sales, production, accounting, estimating, everything that had to do with the business, you know, it was right under my belt. I had really close reach to it. Yeah. And uh, and so it was easy to make Ride All Roofing Ottawa run really smooth. When we switched to franchising, this is where you start to really have to think of a lot of the little details and really eliminate as much as possible any and all forms of, well, what happens in this case or in this scenario? And what do we do in all of these little things? Of which, you know, when we launched with it, we thought of a lot of these things, but definitely not enough. And then like anything, yes. when you start any business, you know, you got to start somewhere. Yes, and, for sure. You know, it's not, it's not perfect. You know, luckily the franchisees that we had on board, you know, they were really strong, uh, yes. good, capable, and very understanding guys that, you know, very much bought into the idea that we're launching this together and it's not going to be perfect, but we're going to work towards making it perfect. You know, so um, and that reflected in, in our numbers, you know, that in 2021, I think we did about two or $2.3 million as a as a franchise group in terms of uh, revenue. And uh, and, it, you know, it's definitely a, a struggle for sure. Yeah.
1: And then one of the challenges as well is you're you were still running your own business and not that made sense because that's actually was paying for everything and not say, you know, but, you know, because you, um, you, you had this business and, and you wanted to transition it. Now it's been transitioned su- super successfully. But but so did you see something now like looking back on that where you're kind of in two different worlds? And what was that like?
0: Yeah, at that stage, when we launched with the franchise, like, obviously, it wasn't, uh, you know, when launching a business, if it's your only business, you can kind of put all your eggs into it and really fully 100% commit. But Rod roofing, Ottawa already was a, a big business, we had a lot of employees here, a lot of existing responsibility. So I was managing the two at the same time, which for sure took away, you know, quite a bit of my, my focus, time and energy. Right, but at the same time, it was necessary. We needed to do that while we were launching things in order to just financially pay for everything that went into launching the franchise. But luckily, you know, I was able to really transition out of that in 2022. I pretty much, I would say, almost, maybe I'll say 99% transition myself completely out of Rittal Roofing Ottawa. Uh, we gave up a lot of the locations to, to new franchisees, and I was able to really dedicate myself you know, uh, pretty much 100% to to the franchise. And that made a huge difference, not only in just like, you know, the ability to oversee things, manage things, but in the coaching, um, you know, the hands on commitment with the franchisees, you know, made a huge difference and not obviously reflected in the, in the numbers, which I'm sure we're gonna, we're gonna get into, but we had some really big jumps, you know, from 2021 to 2022. And now 2023, it's looking like it's going to be in uh, one of those you know, famous Adel jumps. Famous <laughs> 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 <Same laughs> Adel yeah. jumps. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. Love yeah. it.
1: So Adel, why, why don't you walk us through like, like looking, looking in that first, you know, 2021, what did you need? Cause, cause we already know you had a whole bunch of strong people Like I guess we brought in a whole group of other strong people. We should probably name these people too. They like to be named. So, For sure. so, so, yeah. so, so, and then and then what did you feel like you needed to put into place in the systems that really made a difference?
0: Right. It was probably a, a few things, but I'll highlight some of them. I think the the first thing is, is we just needed a little bit more time, you know, from the time where, you know, the, the, the thought was, let's, you know, let's start franchising right. to the time of hiring and launching the franchisees it was actually a very short period of time. Like I don't remember exactly, but it was definitely under a year. I want to say maybe even under six months between the moment of making the decision, like we should do this to the moment of launching. So there was a lot of time crunch into launching a lot of things. And at that stage as well, you know, we now have to figure out a whole new accounting system, estimating process, coaching process, how we're going to manage production, opening up accounts, managing accounts, Recruiting in different areas, et etc, and finding the franchisees, hiring them, the whole legal work, just so much to do, such a little amount of time. yeah and uh, so so that added a challenge, and then coupled, coupled with, you know, this is something that I don't know if we could have avoided, but it's really, you know, a lot of things I feel like it's hard to predict or see without going through it. So like having an insight. So after going through it for a, for a, for a year. There's just so much that we learned and so many things that came up that we just maybe didn't, wouldn't have thought of yeah. that helped us really, uh, you know, fix things for the following year. Right. Um, And uh, so these will probably be the two main things. One of them I don't think would have been available. The other one, maybe time, maybe we could have given ourselves a little bit more time to get things up and running and maybe launch the franchise the following year. But, you know, again, luckily we had the basics down, you know, and the basics of how to run a a roofing company, marketing, selling, and, uh, estimating and production. We had the foundation down on how to do that. Right. And then, you know, you take that and you go ahead and bring on franchisees like, you know, Andrew Sullivan from, from Halifax or Ben from Kingston, you know, just to mention a few, you know, those are really solid, strong, strong guys, you know, so they're extremely hardworking. They're very committed. And generally, you know, you could teach them things and they're able to kind of pick it up and go with it. Yeah. And uh, so that helped kind of kind of combat a little bit of the challenges that, that we were we were going through.
1: Yeah. And there is there's I think you're right. Adel. I think there is just something to you don't you can't figure it all out until you're walking down that path. And That's then, right. oh, bang, you get, you know, oh, you took one in the chops and, oh, no, look at that. I just, my, my hat got knocked over by the branch and, you know, just all these things as I'm walking down the road, walking down the, the pathway and getting these challenges. And like you said, it's like, let's keep the team together. Let's not blame. Let's take account. Let's, okay, what can we do? How can we, we move? So basically you, you moved, what, what, what were the
0: numbers from 2021 to 2022 out? So in 2021, we did uh, around two point two to two point three million as a as a group, not including all Ottawa. I don't I don't include that in 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 my numbers. Yes. And uh in Rydall, Ottawa, we still did our our regular, I think six million dollars a year uh that we do every year. Right. And then moving into 2022, uh sales-wise, we jumped that number up to 10 million. Wow. So yeah, so we 5X our sales. Um, and I think we produced close to that 9 million or so, we always start pre selling for the following year. Right. So we did about 10 million in sales. And and we produced as a group around that $9 million uh, mark. But not only that, I would say, the the other, like, really huge, huge highlight that I'm super proud of is that we got the model to a point of where franchisees were extremely profitable, like way higher than what we even put in our Franchisee expectation to tell, you know, in terms of what to expect as a net profit, meaning that's awesome. After everything is paid for, what do you put in your pocket? We really like, you know, honed down on our estimating process and really managing our not only how we estimate, but managing a business based on the volume that they're uh, that like how far ahead they're sold. And we were very adaptable to the consistent price changing that the construction industry just kept throwing at us. We put a really good process in place. To really catch that in advance, you know, and then we were just estimating really, really well. And then on top of that, our sales process uh, improved dramatically. So our franchisees in general were also selling at a, at a way higher uh, margin. So, uh, so we did ten million um, in sales, and uh, it's safe to say that everybody was extremely happy with how much money they were making from you know whatever revenue they did in their business
1: well i know our, our value our number one sort of commandment at at student works is help operators make money you know that's right. like once you know we get to the season you know they'll talk about the core five values that's the focus because ultimately you know you know yes i can have a great learning experience yes i can like everyone i'm working with etc but ultimately you know especially on a full time business i got to be moving moving ahead and and i know last the first year we we struggled in that last year booming results uh, you know so what what were the top franchisees in the business doing like and not not profit wise because those are obviously personal numbers for people to share but revenue numbers
0: yeah so uh, in terms of last year um, towards the end of the year I would say the there was a one two three t- roughly around two or three people that did over that two million dollar mark fantastic um you know two million dollars in revenue um and then and then we had Um, uh, the majority of people kind of, like I would say the other, uh, well, we had eight people in total. So I think two people, if I was to just throw off the top of my head, two people did over 2 million. And then I want to say four people did in that million dollar plus mark. So between a million to $2 million range. um, And then two people did um, around that $500,000 range.
1: Awesome. That's great. That's great. And so, you know, looking at you know, things that you're looking to to improve, things that could have gone better in 2022. What were some of those things besides adding more amazing people? Uh, what were some of those things that you're looking for?
0: Um, well, I would say it it all, it all started with the, you know, the question that that we were asking ourselves. And, and, you know, in year one in 2021, the question was, you know, how can we get this up and running? Right. Um, and that was really a lot of our focus is answering that question where. in in 2022, or between the transition between 2021 and 2022, I think the question changed from just that one particular question to, to to two main things. One is, how can we provide the most amount of value to our franchisees? And two is how could we make them as profitable as possible? And so all of our, you know, our entire view on running a franchise kind of changed. we started to take out our estimating, pick up our, our marketing, our sales and our coaching. And we start to say, how can we answer these questions? And by doing so, it just really, really improved on a lot of things. And, you know, so, uh, just to, I guess, highlight some, some examples of, of things that we did is that, you know, we introduced like our coaching program really got revamped, right? Um, we started to put a lot more, um, into, you know, we introduced a new, uh, weekly Uh, coaching, uh, training session where we get the group together. Um, You know, we had our consistent one on one training sessions. We introduced a product production launch training. Uh, We introduced like sales, like on site sales training where we're visiting the the site itself. You know, uh, we've introduced more coaches to the to the program as well. Um, Just a lot more, you know, anybody that um, that needed help. We were there to really support them. So that's just like one uh, one of the examples. Another example, I would say, is just estimating. We completely revamped the way that we're estimating things, and uh, really got very, very like to the point of where we now estimate things to the like to the nail that you need on a on a roof. We very much follow up with our suppliers to make sure our pricing is up to date, and we're very, very in touch communication wise between of uh, how much are we sold at in advance and passing that along to our estimating. But then also, our estimating is very much in touch of our project by project net profit pricing. So that how is it that from what we're estimating, what is that actually turning out to be, and adjusting in accordance? And that you know that helped uh, make quite a bit of difference. And 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 I'm sure we're going to talk about 2023. But 2023 is what introduced a lot of big changes to really help bring a lot more of that value and support across.
1: Fantastic. And it's kind of interesting. One of the things I sense is, is and, and this happened for us as well. The challenges of the pandemic, like one of the challenges is these suppliers adding more more costs to your business. And, and originally that seems like a threat, which it is, but then you get better at dealing with it. And then just no, kind of going into normal course of business, you're just so much more able to manage it, right? And manage profit in a better way. I, I, I hear that sure. happening. Yeah. Oh, Yeah.
0: Yeah, 100%. And I, you know, in a way, I'm, I'm actually not opposed to higher pricing from suppliers, you know, although when it comes down to negotiating every year, you're trying to negotiate the best pricing, but ultimately, I find it actually makes our industry easier to deal with, you know, ultimately, the hardest part about roofing is production, um, and, and manpower. And so, you know, now to be able to do a million dollars in business compared to three years ago, uh, you probably roughly need to do 20 to 30% less jobs. Okay, and so you know, and that's due to higher pricing from our our suppliers, and and uh, and our labor is also up because you know, obviously, it's just there's more of a, a demand. Um, so I'm I'm totally on board with it, but yes, you do have to adapt and and do it properly. And and the issue that came about in the roofing industry because it's very much heavily dependent on on oil, and and among other things, is that prices change very quickly and and very drastically. And it used to be in the roofing industry that if prices change twice a year, you get two price announcements, you're given a really strong heads up, you're able to adapt to it. And then all of a sudden, it was, believe it or not, like a weekly change, almost like weekly to a monthly change where prices were just, and there was no more communication from a lot of the suppliers because their prices were changing so drastically, they were just changing them quite rapidly on and everybody. And so that's toned down quite a bit now. Like it's a lot less from the suppliers. There's still a lot of changes, but it's a lot less. But yeah, we had to adapt. Uh, We had to adapt to it. And, and, you know, we introduced a a kind of a projection model of how to estimate materials, uh, which is based on, you know, we introduced one of our questions in the eight point phone call now was, you know, when when are you looking on having this project completed by? Right. And when a client says, well, I'm looking on getting it done in August and we're now in March, or February, while well, we introduced a projection to our estimating to assume what is the pricing most likely going to look like in August. Um, and Fantastic. it actually was pretty dead on, give or take, like based on the trends. Yeah. And that, you know, that that one thing made a big difference. A huge
1: difference. Yeah. Big smile on everybody's franchisees faces, um, <laughs> that, that solution. Yeah, that's great.
0: Yeah. 100%. A- hey
1: leaders, I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, we will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students Who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship? If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit Student Works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold Student Works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. So 2023. So where do you think you're trending for? Where do you think you're heading? Where do you think the top franchisee will end up? And obviously it's it's May 15th, everyone. So we don't know for sure, but just you
0: know, rough approximation. Right. Well, uh, so I'll start off with just some some projections in terms of uh revenue. Um, I think as a group, and again, I'll 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 not include Right all Ottawa into yes, the mix. Exactly. We're right. gonna do our six million this year. Yeah. Just like every year we're on track of doing it. It's like right. It's like a repetitive thing. But in terms of the franchise, um, our goal, as a based on all of the franchisees' goal, is to do $24 million in revenue this year. Right. Okay. We combine everybody. Projection wise, right now, we are on target um, projection okay. to do that. Uh, now, production is just kickstarting, and that usually has its level of impact on a lot of the sales, especially with rookies and just, you know, kind of learning the things. If I was to safely, Give uh what I what I think we're most likely gonna do. It's gonna be over that twenty million dollar mark. Right between that twenty to twenty-four million dollar range as well. We'll end up uh, producing at least. I think sales will probably hit that, but production usually falls a little bit behind in roofing. And, you know, our top, you know, we have one franchisee that's aiming to do five million, Andrew Solomon in Halifax. And He's honestly, he's on, he's on track currently. He's all he behind. It's funny enough, this last week we did a million, we surpassed a million dollars in sales in one week as a group Fantastic. and Ooh. it was like just a re- everybody. We have this WhatsApp group that everybody uh, yeah. call it booming your sales. Like they yeah. boom their sales into that group and everybody's energy was just so hyped up because we were like reaching for that number. And, uh, and so we did a million dollars in sales as a group and, and Sully was falling a little bit behind and I jumped on a coaching call with him. And we ironed out that, you know, it, you know, what needs to be done. And he just, it's as if one thing that individual has is that when you like give him a kick in the butt, he yeah. has the ability to take that and just like <laughs> triple down on what needs to be done. And he just went off in sales. Awesome. So now he's back on track. He's looking to do $5 million. We have a few franchisees that are aiming between that two point five to $3.5 million mark. Awesome. And then, and then our rookies, we tend to now, in a way, give them their goal, which is around a million dollars. And although some of them come in and they're a little bit more ambitious, we're not saying don't do that, but we tend to know how complicated starting off could be in terms of a learning curve. So a lot of our rookies' targets are around that $1 million dollar, $1.5 million range. Fantastic. So, So, so those are like kind of revenue wise, we're pretty excited. That'd be a huge jump. You know, if we do $20 million plus, we've now doubled our business again. Yeah. And a lot of it, I would say comes from, we've just also revamped a lot of our, uh, you know, our, our, our resources and our training. We have a lot more training we produced, you know, we now have our January training, which has been fully revamped. And, uh, we have our, our, our training that we just completed in Toronto, our advanced sales training. We bring all the sales reps in, or really help some kind of refresher and amp them up kind of go back and push off into the season. And uh, and you know, and we've introduced a, a new resource, which is our call center, and that's had a major, major impact over our sales quality. So what we found out is a big choke point. Uh, well, a one of the most important things that I've said this in other podcasts in your sales process is your eight point phone call, which 100%. I call. It- upfront contract, you know, and, and I've highlighted it before, where if you draw a graph and a straight line between the point of initial contact to a close, you want that straight line, a poor eight point phone call really, you know, projects you off of that straight line, and you have to work really hard at the appointment to get there. And so, so we realized that was a major choke point. And it wasn't not only a matter of people not knowing how to do eight point phone calls. It was just that, the ability to consistently do it is difficult to a lot of people when they're managing other salespeople, production, admin, all this yeah. kind of stuff.: Yeah, so uh, we took it onto a head office level. Uh, we've hired five full-time um, call center agents, and we've just made them extremely, extremely good. fantastic eight point phone calls, and so now they handle eight point phone calls for about 90 percent of the, lo- the locations. Awesome. When a lead comes in, it's like instantly picked up. Somebody's always picking it up. And, you know, we're doing a really, really good eight point phone call. And then the franchisees through Calendly gets their appointment booked. They now get it in their calendar. They open up and then now they're doing a really powerful confirmation call, which is the next stage of just really setting a client up very nicely before you show up. And so as we did that, our average company closing percentage now, I think is, I want to say it's either 60.64% or 6%, something like that. It's went up so much from the previous year, you know, where I think it was averaging around 40% or something like that. So like that's one, one resource, for example, that we introduced that's made a big difference for everybody.
1: I can still see that just, you know, uh, you know, an entrepreneur franchisee running around doing this, doing that. It's like, okay, here's the structure. And then, like you said, the handoff confirmation call to the finish. Right. It's just it's just one extra step that really, really solidifies things. So that's fantastic. And obviously, what what's your average job? Is it like ten thousand dollars or?
0: It's a little bit higher. Um, I think this year it's a little bit higher. I don't have that number off the top of my head, but I would say it's probably closer to that fifteen thousand mark.
1: Okay. Yeah. And that that's obviously a big, big chunk of money for someone to decide on the spot. They really need that's to right. need to be able to to have, have everything really lined up to be able to make that decision. And and you know, you can't just wander on in there and expect to sell it fifteen thousand dollar job on the spot if you've not really, really prepared the ground. For sure.
0: Oh yeah. It's uh you know, uh, you know, that's one thing, Um, obviously, all of our franchisees, they all come from the student works program. And, and thing that that is uh, really powerful about that is that, you know, when they come on board, they've been developed really well, their skill set has been developed really well, their work ethic is is developed really well. But also the, the main thing is just their ability to learn has been also developed really well. And so uh, but there is a big difference, you know, when, uh, you know, the average painting job, I- I'm assuming back in my days, it used to be $1,500. i am guessing it's probably upwards of three thousand. Now. now. Now
1: I think it's, uh, here, why don't you pull it open? But I think it's uh, more like 2500 now. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's more like 2500
0: Yeah. Right. So, you know, and and that on its own, obviously, uh, you know, to make a $2,500 sale on the spot, you you know, you still have to do things properly. You have to follow the systems right but you know when you jump from t- make somebody making a decision for $2500 to 10 15 20 sometimes 50 100 we had a uh, somebody booked i, I think uh, mac this year closed like a $250,000 sale or something like Whoa. that like job like it was just like a really big 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 metal roof wow you, you you know you're just you have to really up your game in terms of A, how you go about selling that project um, but then also the impact of you missing something or making a mistake has a way higher impact, you know, okay. where, you know, because it's hard for people to decide on things that big. Yes. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just
1: just so, so just uh, Chris is a little bit behind on his numbers, just checked. So we're $2,900 average job size. Wow. So, so, yeah. Wow. So it's and the same thing. Growing right. cost of paint, growing cost of labor—you know—is is really what's driving it. And 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 you're totally right. We we love that, uh, and we're you know our closing rate. You know, what is the closing rate? The closing rate. Well, that seems a little high. Seventy percent right now. Wow, wow. that's incredible. Wow. Normally, normally around sixty percent on the painting side and eighty percent on the window cleaning side. So that's remarkable. So just just really exciting what you're what you're creating. And I know one of the things you know that why you're creating things is is one of the things is you've got a real. Big focus on charitable giving and, and and focus on helping others, you know, besides yourself, besides supporting your family, etc. And congratulations on your on your new 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 uh, new entry uh, <laughs> um, Thank into you. the world. So that's exciting. But uh, but yeah, so so why don't you share share what you're what you're busy with, uh, you know, charitable giving? Right.
0: So one thing I shared in the past is that you know I'm I'm very. You know, my parents are are from Lebanon. I lived there for a bit. Um, I was born here and grew up here, but I lived there for a bit. And I have quite a bit of family that's there, and still definitely well connected to to everyone there. And I go back there quite often. And 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 you know, um, over the last X amount of years, when I was able to, you know, I tried my best to help people there and just send money to just kind of, you know, when when you're sending money to help there, it's it's for people that need it to like for the essentials, you know. Exactly. The, And, and luckily in my family, I'm not the only one, you know, there's a few of my cousins that are very successful as well. And we kind of, as a team, as a unit, help kind of support, support the bunch. And, fantastic. um, but, but like this, you know, the same story of when I first used to start, I started paying for my parents' rent in my early days when I was 18 or 19. And and the, the landlord decided to increase the rent on us. And I was just so sick and tired of like, just I was just so upset by it that I was like, you know what? Screw this! I'm gonna go figure out how to buy my own house, you know. And within a few months, I did. Um, it was a similar thought process of where I wasn't uh, sick and tired of of sending money, and I still do till this day. But I was like, I need to do something different here, you know. And that thought, coupled by COVID launching and starting to work remotely. Getting used to working from Zoom and uh, detaching from that idea that I have to be physically in front of somebody to work with them. Yeah. Um, couple that with the economic collapse in Lebanon, where the currency, I think, I don't even know what the percentage is now, yeah. but I think it yeah. used to be one US dollar is 1,500 Lebanese liras. And I think now one US dollar is like maybe 150,000 Lebanese liras. Oh or my something gosh. Like that. Wow. It's just huge. You know, like to put things into perspective. You know, a principal at a high school, that used to make uh, what's equivalent to 1500 US dollars. I think now makes what's equivalent to like 20 to 30 or something like that US dollars a month. You want to go buy, I don't know, some chicken for your house for a week. Like there's your salary gone. Wow. You know, so, so couple that all together. I was like, you know, I was like, you know what, this is gonna, I got to do something different. And so I decided to start hiring people in Lebanon. And so now we've grown our team. We have fifteen full-time employees in Lebanon, and and that's all the way from our um, our estimating team to our call center team to our admin support team, uh, our our bookkeeping team. Uh, we have a solid team. We have a full, really nice office in Lebanon. And the benefits of that is, you know, um, not only are we able to hire a lot more people, so add a lot more support to everybody here, yeah. but we're able to pay people in U.S. dollars. So therefore the impact of this the you know the currency collapsing and so you know i always say this our our average person in lebanon is making equivalent to what like a surgeon in lebanon makes wow Wow. because the surgeon is still getting paid in the current local currency while we pay in the us dollar so um and we hired some really good good people and you know because of just the culture there when you hire one person and you're giving them a full time salary, you're really impacting probably five to 10 external people, because they're care of the whole family. So so that's one side of of it, something that I'm really passionate about, and I'm going to continue doing. From the other side is, you know, I'm a a huge believer in in karma. And I truly do believe that, you know, when you know, you you donate a dollar, you get 100 back. And um, I've lived by that for a really long time. And I would to do that, not only from just because of the impact that it makes, uh, there's always like a personal side to anybody that's donating. I think it's the highest form of fulfillment that, that anybody can bestow on themselves. And, uh, and, and, I, and, and then it also I'm a huge believer in karma. So what we've done is this year is we're taking um, $65 of every project that we complete, every project that we complete, and uh, we're donating uh, towards two charities. Uh, we're taking uh, forty nine dollars in change. Let's call it fifty dollars, yeah, and donating it to world Vision. okay uh, which basically takes care of sponsoring uh, one child for one month, covering everything that they need from food, water, schooling, medicine, uh, shelter. yeah and and because of the volume of which we're able to donate, we're able to donate we're able to cover like an entire community. So right now, there's a community in Uganda that Ah, uh, basically, a whole village in a way that is one hundred percent supported by us wow. and uh, and then, so this year, our goal is, is is fifty children per month. We've committed to that, yeah. So you know, regardless of our volume of donations keep up from from our jobs, we've just we've committed to fifty children per month for the whole year, yeah. and then and then, on the other on the other side, we we take the remaining fifteen dollars. and you know, one thing that, that roofing unfortunately has, is it has a pretty massive carbon footprint. You know, it's, it's you're tearing off roofs and it's going into the dump and a lot of shingles are, they're made out of oil and et cetera. And although it's a necessity and and unfortunately not everybody can afford to pay for these premium- High-end roofs, friendly metal roofs, roofs or whatever. A lot of them now, yeah, but yeah. still, you know, there's a carbon footprint there. So, so we wanted to kind of create an impact there. So now what we do is we plant, um 10 trees for every roof that we do which costs us around 15 dollars and awesome. uh you know and so the the idea is is that although it obviously doesn't fully combat the carbon footprint it does help um it it helps it you know it helps reduce so so that's kind of like where we're at charity wise
1: that's awesome well well adam i i'm i'm so psyched uh you know i know i know one of the one of the reasons why i had you on the call is i know you're super busy and i've been i've been uh Challenged as well, so I thought, "Hey, this would be an awesome time." Have a fantastic podcast. Get caught up with that. I'll find out all the amazing progress you're making. So, you know, again, congratulations on all the progress um, and continued success. And anything else you'd like to share with our with our leaders? Uh, sure, absolutely.
0: Um, I would say I would share uh, a few things, and 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 one of the main one one main thing I've changed about my life, uh, especially going into 2023, is I've I've uh, taken a kind of a stronger look at my my health and fitness. Okay. And uh, and because I, I definitely have noticed as busier, and especially as like entrepreneurs, you're kind of like, your health and your fitness and what you're eating really takes a back burner. And I started to see it, you know, in my work and in, in my overall energy levels, when I get home, you know, after a long day at work, where you now have, in a way, you can argue the more important job, which is dedicating the family. And now, you know, a new a little girl that we have, yeah. so I decided to kind of make a big difference there. And so um, I joined uh, this, uh, this group called uh, uh, above men, it's a coaching program that, that I started doing. And, uh, you know, that's, I've fixed my diet, I fixed my you know, working out now a lot more consistently, and my overall energy level is just so much better. And so because of that, I'm just, like at this stage, I kid you not. It's 140 right now. We're talking. Typically, I would be pretty like my energy is pretty low. I'm generally like starting almost like a little sleepy. I almost want that like afternoon nap. And now I'm just I'm ready to go for another you know five six hours, no problem. So I highly recommend for everybody. You might you might not see the impact, but but for everybody that's listening, you know everything that you eat really makes a difference. Going to the gym. Just like, or even 30 minutes, or doing some kind of physical activity definitely makes really a huge helps difference. Helps you bet. For sure. Um, and then, and then, you know, and then the, the last thing I would say is just that, you know, don't underestimate, you know, how powerful it is to just build really strong habits when it comes down to your lifestyle and your work ethic. Because even though currently you might not necessarily see the impact of it. It is something that is foundational, I think, to um, anybody's success. Um, And so, I've also doubled down on that myself, and I've been working really hard on making sure that I've I've gone things quite structured. And you know, and for everybody that's listening, you know, I think maybe take a take a look at yourself, see the areas of where things that you don't notice are happening. You know, things as little as like I'll just use a really quick example: when I get home, where I put my gym bag. No, that's something that is so little, but now I've been able to identify that if I put it in a certain spot, it means I'm guaranteed going to the gym the next day. If I don't put it in that certain spot, there's a chance, there's a higher chance, not a guarantee, but a higher chance, I'm not going to the gym the next morning. You bet. But these little things, so started analyzing these things about my life and it's definitely made a big difference. um, and And I recommend everybody to look the same, maybe not just at the gym bag, but I'm just of giving an example in terms of the level of detail that you can start to look at how you go about running your day to day life. Things that you cannot think of have really big impact.
1: Well, well, first of all, I can't agree more with your, you know, health, health and fitness, and and just uh, my my Devin sent me uh, who's in that program as well. He sent he is, me yeah. Eric Spolstra uh, was talking about uh, LeBron James um, and basically was saying. LeBron James is always on time. LeBron James, like he, he has, he like in his locker, he folds his things neatly. He puts things exactly where they're, they're supposed to be like this level of integrity. If you look at the most successful people and, and as you mentioned habits, habits are what, what force not forces. They just compel us into the future where you put your gym bag. Absolutely matters. What you're thinking about Absolutely matters. So, so that that's just an awesome thing to, to leave us with, uh, with today. And uh, just, to another fantastic podcast. So thanks so much for joining us on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast.
0: No worries, thanks for having me, Chris. Hey
1: leaders, I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and I can't wait to see you on the other side.